you, thank you. Thank you so much. Welcome to The Long Shot. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good day, good noon, good dawn, good dusk, good night, good post-meridian, good anti-meridian, good desk. Welcome, welcome. I am one of the hosts of The Long Shot. My name is Sean Conroy. Also with me today, as ever, the other host of The Long Shot, Amber Kenny is here. Hello, long time no talk. Yeah, that's right. It's been several weeks. It's been longer than uh, than usual. So we obviously have a lot to catch up on. Did anything happen during those weeks? Yeah. Because I, I got nothing. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> no, you had international travel, right? Uh, we'll see. We'll get to that. Oh, um, no. Twist. <laughs> uh yeah no i did i did i went to uh well i guess we just start with checking in right like yeah let's i think get that's into great it. yeah um so i'll go first usually we go to you first but i'll go first this time I love because it. i am the reason we could not see each other last week because i had to go out of town out of state out of country for a wedding i went to belfast ireland how cool. For my cousin's wedding. And it was a crazy trip. Like, I wish I was in a position both work-wise and financially that I could go and spend a couple of weeks up there, which I know a lot of the people that went to the wedding were doing. But I literally left on Friday and came back on Monday from the wedding. Or, left, sorry, left on Thursday, which was really Friday already by the time I left. Yeah, it's a whole around the world in 80 days thing mm. where you cross the international date line several times. Right. And, you know. <laughs> How long is the flight minus the time changes? I'm not sure how time changes work, <laughs> but I believe the flight was 10 minutes ultimately. Okay, great. That's, that's convenient. We should yeah, all go. <laughs> yeah, it was not, it was not bad. Uh, no, I'm trying to think. I flew. So on the way there, I flew to Dallas and then from Dallas to. Dublin, and that was, I think the Dallas to Dublin flight was about eight and a half hours. Okay. Um, on the way back, I flew from Dublin all the way straight to LAX, and that was like an 11 and a half hour flight. So that was... Uh, well, and one direction always takes longer because you're going like with the wind and against the wind. and Right. Unless the wind, because the wind changes. Can change. The wind, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, the wind uh, cries Mary, but you know. That's a different. Uh, I love to paint uh, with the colors of <laughs> sure. the wind. Yeah. Just around the rubber band. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I so I went there, and as you know, I have a long-standing, tremendous. You love flying, difficulty. and you love all of the intricacies and rules. The you TSA is just the biggest crock of shit ever, right? Um, it's a scam. It is literally like, I don't like to sound like a conspiracy theorist because I think conspiracy theorists are crazy, but there is a conspiracy against us with the TSA and major corporations because they've sold them all this equipment. It does mm. nothing. It is ineffective. It's you giving know, us all cancer. <laughs> yeah. People bring guns on the plane all the time. And yet you have to like, take your shoes off, take mm -hmm. your belt off, you know, uh, yeah, do that weird stance. Uh, it's the sign of the Illuminati. <laughs> let let the people behind. Yeah, let the people behind the thing see your dick. Like whatever the whatever the whole thing is, um, and it it really does drive me nuts. It's like 
I just get so irritated by it. Uh, so anyway, so I, that, that was a great way to start to start the trip. Uh, mm. Flew to, like I said, flew to Dallas, flew from Dallas to to Dublin, got a text. Literally while I was at the airport, I got a text uh, from one of, another of my cousins who was like, how are you getting? And see, this is how I travel. This is how I this is how I roll is I was like. I'll get to Dublin and I'll figure out how to get to Belfast. Like uh, it'll be fine. And it would be fine. Like I know it would right. be, it would just be exhausted, like stumbling around. Look, cause there's a bus, you know, there's a bus that goes directly from. And you might not find like the cheapest. Right. Right. So my cousin was like, how are you getting there? We're driving. Do you want to drive with us? And I was like, yes, I do. So I ended up getting to Dublin and, and waiting for them for a little while to, to, from, they were coming from DC. And anyway, so we drove up to Belfast and they had a whole plan of like, they wanted to go. So it was her and her boyfriend and they wanted to go to a hedge maze. First of all. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You you know, your typical hedge maze. familiar. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then they wanted to go to Winterfell. So, I don't know if you know that Game of Thrones was filmed almost entirely in Northern Ireland. Mm. So a lot of the locations are up there. And I think, you know, if you think about it, Game of Thrones was like a 10-year ordeal. So it really was a huge part of the economy of Northern Ireland for a decade, uh, which led to some other stuff that I'll get into later. So anyway, we were going to go to the hedge maze. Then we were going to go to Winterfell. So we got to the hedge maze. problem with the hedge maze is... When you go into a hedge maze, you are in uh, a maze, so you can't just, like, go through and get out and go keep going, you know? So you were, like, people are like, TikTok, we got to make it to the next thing. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, dead end. Right. <laughs> On purpose. Like, I was like, let's go this way, guys, knowing that we would come to a... Uh, but anyway, we wandered around this hedge maze, which was which was great. And then... Uh, it's funny... Like- like was there like admission or was it just like a hedge maze on the side of the road it (laughs) was that's so funny like let's let's just put it over here this is a good place for a hedge maze right here by the side of the road it's a beautiful road here there's a little hairpin turn where you go into the hedge maze um so no it's it's called the peace maze and it was created in honor of I don't remember what they call them. Did they call them the Clinton Accords? Whatever it was where Clinton was very involved and Senator George Mitchell from Maine was very involved in putting to bed the Troubles, mm. uh, which was the the Northern Ireland problems between the, uh, the Catholics and the Protestants that started in, well, started in the 1600s, but really erupted in the late 1960s and lasted through the late 1990s. So when they signed these peace accords in the late 1990s, that's when they put this hedge maze in as like a peace maze. That's uh, an interesting, like peace symbol because it's yeah. like very confusing but, and you can't yeah, find your way out. Right. Yeah. And it's like, get lost. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> like it's interesting. Like what is the symbology? Yeah. Seamus, I don't think we thought this one through. <laughs> There's people getting off on the side of the road and they're more confused than they were when they started. <laughs> um, so anyway, it was, it was just, but what was funny was we, there was a coffee truck 
right by where you go into the main. So it's like a big, I think it's like a camping area or something. There's oh. a castle there and there's a lake and there's boats you can rent and all this it's, kind of stuff. It, I know that I have the point of view of an American and we have mm-hmm. no old culture, but that sounds like you were describing a mini golf course. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's a, there's a, castle, a castle, there's a lake, there's a clown's mouth, there's a windmill, <laughs> there's a snapping alligator, so watch out for that. <laughs> um, so anyway, we, we, we oh, this coffee truck, this, this, this is not even going to be any good anymore, but like, I feel like when you go to a country like that, everybody speaks English, but they speak it with an accent. And so the guy behind, the guy in the coffee truck, hmm. I came up to get a coffee because I was exhausted by then. I had been traveling sure. for like over 10 minutes and <laughs> I just wanted a coffee. And he's like, oh, okay, what can I get for you, sir? And then he got into an argument with somebody who was like outside the truck to his left or whatever, like while he's servicing me. So he was like, and the other guy's like, let me tell you something. I'm a church So you want me to quit that? You know, like, and it was terrifying. Like, I was legitimately scared. <laughs> was this before or after you went through the maze that you had? This to... was before we went through the oh, maze. Oh, wow. So, and, and like, yeah, I just was like, what? Are they going to start shooting at each other? What's going on? And it could have, yeah, yeah. Give me my shillelagh. You know, um, but anyway, it was, it was, it was very scary. But so we made it up to Belfast. Uh, we got to the, we got to the hotel and it was a weirdly, uh, uh, Belfast was muggy. Like, that's the best I can describe it. It wasn't raining. Like, you know, you always hear about how it rains all the time in Ireland. It was just very muggy. And I went into my room and I was like, okay, this is this is my thing. Because I have lived on the road for years and years. Is road dog to, over here. You get to the hotel room, you crank up the AC, and you take a 45-minute nap in the cool. And I go to turn up the AC and there is, no, I can't find it. I'm like, there's no, and the window is a safety window that only opens from here to here. You see how far my hand moved there? It opens from here. This is closed. This is wide open. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, something weird is going on. So can't take a nap. It's too hot and muggy. Eventually I go out, I meet, <laughs> they're like, meet us at this bar for traditional Irish music. Uh, uh, the first night. Uh, by the way, I should say Belfast was great, but it also felt very much like a tourist town. Like it was just about tourism. Like, like you know, I'll, I'll get to it. But like we went on the Titanic tour and another tour, and you know, but the also Titanic. yes, also yeah, the tour was not easy because you had to wear all sorts of right. whatever. Um, <laughs> but the. Uh, there was also pedal pubs going around everywhere. Like every five minutes, yeah. you'd see another like bachelorette so party. Right yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you ever done that? No. Have yeah, you? Yeah, me neither. No, yeah. it doesn't sound that fun to me. I mean, no, it doesn't. 
And it was funny it's too because it's muggy out. You're know? right. At one point, I went and I was like, I can't believe how many of these fucking things there are. It was like being in Memphis, you know. Like here comes another pedal pub. <laughs> well, I just feel like Memphis is like a big party town at this point. Oh, okay. It's like where everybody goes for their. It's where I'm going for my bachelorette party, and uh, we don't have to get into it. Um, but at one point, I was like, I want to take a picture of this pedal pub. I'm going to wait till it gets close. And, and and it comes up to the light right across the street from me. And I like very surreptitiously tried to like film it as it was getting ready mm-hmm. to go by. And th- this sounds like I'm saying like, oh, they saw me. They didn't see me. But as soon as they got to the light, literally this bachelorette party, there was a guy who was like running the pedal pub, uh, started playing single ladies and they all lost their fucking minds. Well, like it was I- like. Unfortunately, that's the law. <laughs> it was, it, yeah, it. it was like watching a shitty ro- romantic comedy, you know, like, um, it was such a stereotypical cliche, yeah. whatever. But, uh, sometimes we, things are a cliche for a reason. Yeah, that's true. Um, they're, they're fun. It was just too, like, I, I was like, somebody is <laughs> playing a prank on me right now or something. Like, <laughs> they can't be, uh, but, we go to this. We go to this bar where they're playing traditional Irish music, and literally, I walk into the bar. I see a couple of my cousins, a couple of other people. I meet one guy who his name was Peter, but he was like, "You're not going to remember my name is Peter," and I was like, "Probably I will. Maybe I don't know." Uh, that's not that tough. Yeah, and like, he was like, "So, so just think of me as Pedro," and I was like, "Okay." Um, <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. It was very. It was. Very is it, odd. Was there a lot of Peters or something? And he was trying to stand out. He was the only one I met. Uh, and, so and it, it worked though, because now you're talking about it. Well, the next day he, he <laughs> like, was like, he, he, he was read chasing it in one me of down. those like get people to remember you. Folks. He was chasing me down the street, and he was like Sean, and I was like Pedro. Like I did, I did remember. I, I think I would have remembered Peter, but Pedro, I was never going to forget. I'm still talking about it. I still, I'll, mm-hmm. I have it in my journal. And um, anyway, so we're sitting there listening to traditional Irish music. I'm exhausted. I can barely move. The band on stage is like, anyway, that's the Black Velvet Band. Now let's play another great tune. And they're like, bye, bye, Miss American Pie. (laughs) Prove my Chevy to the live. And I was like, I got to go to bed. Like, I can't. (laughs) I can't stay for this. It was just so funny because it was like, what is is happening right now? Like, I'm at a college mixer and it's time to go home is that <laughs> song, you know? And instead it's like, this is, we'd like to do another tradition that uh, people seem to love. And it's about the day that Buddy Holly died. Not, <laughs> not a lot of people know that's what the song's about. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Father, son, and the Holy Ghost represents Crosby, Sears, and Nash. I don't know if you know that. This great Irishman. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so then the next day we went on the Titanic tour. Interesting. Wait, well, what you, tour of what? The Titanic. Or I'm not sure. No. So here's. <laughs> <laughs> so the Titanic was built in the Belfast shipyards. Oh, Belfast for hundreds of years. And I guess I kind of knew this in the back of my mind, but I hadn't thought about it. For hundreds of years, Belfast was a ship building town that's what they did there was they built ships that's what any ship building town does is people live there and they build ships Mm. but that was the entire industry 
of the town was shipbuilding. And so, you know, it started off with wooden ships and, you know, sailing ships and so forth. And then by the 1900s, they were building the biggest ships in history, Mm -hmm. including the Titanic, which launched from there. Roundabout, but. Right, right. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, that was that was the that was the claim to fame of the Titanic was that it was the biggest ship anybody had ever sailed the ocean blue with. Right. And that was why it was such a huge disaster, because there were so many people on board. Um, but it was actually a really, <laughs> it was an interesting tour, uh, because they just kind of walked you through the process of how these people went, went about building ships. And I don't mean to sound like, you know, how when somebody goes to something and they're like, it really, it changed my view of things. And I'm such a sensitive soul. And I, I get it now. I didn't get it before Picasso was tortured, you know, that kind of shit. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but I really was struck by these people who just were like, we want to build ships out of steel and we want them to sail the ocean. Let's figure out how to do that. Uh-huh. There was no, there was no computers. There was no blueprint. Right. There was no, this they is couldn't people, do 3d modeling. Or, right. They just yeah. had to sit down in a giant room with pieces of chalk and draw a thing on the floor that they thought would work as this giant ship. And eventually they had to build it and see what would happen. Unfortunately, what happened was it sank. But up until then, they really thought they were doing great. Yeah. Uh, So it was fascinating. And, and, you know, everything was by hand. That was the thing I was taking away from it was like, there was no assembly line. There was no robots. There was no machines. And of course we know that. But like I never think about that, and mm-hmm. so they they had film, uh, uh, not actual footage, but like they had made. You know how you make a you you have actor anyway. They, <laughs> like a they, recreation, like, yes, <laughs> of guys working on the ship, uh-huh. and literally what they would do to attach two plates of steel to each other. Yeah, was. Okay, we got a bunch of rivets. We got to heat the rivets until they're white hot. And then we got to hammer them into these little holes. So there's two guys on one side and one guy on the other side. And the guy on the other side just puts the end of his hammer into the hole so that they have something on the other side to hammer against. And then the two guys are hitting their hammers against it as fast as they can without hitting each other. And it's like this tiny little space that they're confined in as they're putting these these gigantic machines that they're putting together um and i don't know i'm assuming that some of those guys had like one giant forearm and one regular size you know um but they had to get them done before the before the rivets turned red hot instead of white hot because then they were not as pliable as they had been and and they just they would just throw them like a guy would be up on a ladder and somebody would be like and just throw white hot pieces of steel up to the guys up top. So I'm sure there were all kinds of um, accidents all the time and, you know, deaths. Uh, So the whole thing was, was really interesting. And then at one point on the tour, you see the actual spot where the Titanic was launched from. Like you, the way the, the way the museum is built is there's a big, a uh, plate glass window that opens out onto the dry dock, which is where they rolled it out. You know, they finished assembling it 
and rolled it into the water from, which, you know, again, I don't think about these things, but they finished it in the dry dock, rolled it in the water, and then it was still another two years that it was being outfitted with stuff before it ever got yeah, to crazy. sail anywhere. And that was another thing they did in this town. And I know I'm like getting way too excited about <laughs> something that people would be like, who gives a shit? But like the Titanic had to be outfitted with dining rooms and chairs and tables. And so that was a whole other cottage industry that built up in Belfast of like, right. we're not going to ship those things in from somewhere else. We're going to set up factories here that are going to build all the things that go on the ships we're building. Mm. So, uh, and then at the end of the whole tour, <laughs> two things. One is you walk into this one room and there's a glass floor in the room, which again, scared the shit out of me because I'm sure it's <laughs> fine until that right. one person steps on it and it goes, right. and I'm a large guy. But you look down at the wreck of the Titanic on the bottom of the ocean below you, and you see the little, uh, uh, you know, however they first filmed it. Like It's like actual footage of the Titanic on the bottom of the ocean. So uh -huh. it feels like you're watching them discover the wreck of the Titanic. So that was cool. And then, of course, you know, the very last thing they had at the end of the entire tour of the Titanic. Celine Dion CDs? Close. I mean, they definitely had those, <laughs> but that was not the big selling point. Imagine okay. what... It was um, a photo yes. op so that you could... Yes, yes. Yeah. It, was yeah, the, yeah. it was the prow of the ship mm. so that you could stand there and go... I mean, what, is he, what do they say? I'm that? the king of the world. King of the world. I was, about to say, <laughs> I was about to say top of the world, which is like a Jimmy Cagney movie. But yes, I'm the king of the world. And, uh, and it was so funny to me that there was a line of people... Of course. <laughs> waiting to have their picture taken. So I just took a picture of the people online. I was like, this yeah. is, or in line. In line. And <laughs> over here we say in line. I don't know what's so much with you. Oh, you shut the book in your pictures. So that was, that was Saturday morning. We did that. Then Saturday afternoon, we went to high tea at the mm -hmm. Merchant Hotel, which was a whole, a whole elaborate thing where you get like, these incredible finger sandwiches and uh, three layers of pastries that mm -hmm. are served to each person. Um, and to everybody each gets, person. yeah, or wow. I, I don't remember. There wasn't, there wasn't one for everybody. There's one for every two people. Um, and that was great. I got to sit right next to my cousin who was getting married. So I got to catch up with her and, you know, and uh, the whole, it was this gigantic great room with like a domed ceiling and a chandelier and just very elegant and beautiful and filled with all the people that were going to the wedding. That's and cool. you know, um, was the tour, the whole wedding too? the, the Titanic. Well, tour? we, a bunch of us met up there oh, and did like a 25 person tour. It was, wow. uh, I was very clever because the tour guide said, uh, I guess because, like I said, it's a tourist town. There's always, like, groups of 25 people checking in right in front of you at the hotel or whatever, you know? Interesting. They're always like, is this why we check into the hotel? Like, the Germans <laughs> love to be on tour. Um, <laughs> but they, but as you can imagine, when a 
German tour group is coming through the Titanic Museum, they have like 20 minutes to be at the Titanic Museum, then they have to be at the Game of Thrones thing, then they have to be at the whatever. So this uh, this tour guide who was our tour guide, all my, you know, family and friend, their friends, whoever was there, and uh, and and the tour guide was like, now how long do you guys, what time do you have to be somewhere else? And, and I, yeah, I was very clever. <laughs> I said, 2.30 tomorrow afternoon. So that was... Uh, <laughs> Just a hilarious, hilarious movie. We all had a good chuckle about that because <laughs> that was when the wedding was. That was yeah, we had to be there for that. <laughs> uh, the wedding but, was the day after high. The day tea. after, yeah, got it. Uh, so, so yeah, so we went to high tea, and here's here's a here's a uh, a little smidgen of trivia for ardent long shot listeners is that at the high tea. I finally, for the first time ever, got to wear my white linen pants. I don't know if people remember the pants saga, but I finally and uh, and it was well worth it. And I and it was it was it was funny because I was like, I feel like this is like a cool like I like these pants. I want to, you know, like we live in the social media age and it's like I want to have a picture of this because we're in this incredible space mm-hmm. and I have these these white yeah. linen pants on. Did you have to wear your nude panties, though? <laughs> no. Wasn't actually, that the problem at one Yeah, point? that was. Uh, and I and I did not in time. I ordered several pairs of nude panties, but I didn't get them in time. <laughs> mm. uh, so I and I and I found a pair here while I was here. I was like, and they were like gray, and you couldn't see them through ah. the thing. And I was like, I'll bring these. And then I forgot them. So I got there and I was like, oh, boy. And it was like, kiss me, I'm Irish. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, eat shit. Um, <laughs> SpongeBob Square. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but yeah, anyway, I found a pair that didn't, it was fine. Uh, but of course I was like, oh, I want to get a picture of this, but I, I can't, I, I, I'm not. There are people who are like, hey, can you take a picture of us? And I just can't do that. I'm not capable yeah. of. Um, at one point, I did get, I asked my cousin and her fiance, is it okay if I get a picture with you guys? And we all took a picture together. But it was just a weird realization that like the, the world we live in is one where you're allowed to just go up to people and say, hey, take do you mind taking my phone yeah. and taking a picture of me? And I just, I'm not, I can't do it. You haven't um, caught up. No. Uh, so then Saturday, Sunday morning, we went on a troubles, another tour of troubles. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. We we all got in like black cabs and drove up to Shank Hill road, which was where the, the, uh, the dividing line between the Catholic neighborhood and the Protestant neighborhood was. Um, and that was interesting because we heard all about the troubles and the IRA and people, Mm -hmm bombing each other and throwing bombs and the guy several of the guys in the course of their presentations kept saying things like there's two things you can try to do when you throw something you can throw high or you can throw far so when they put the when they put the fence up high people could throw it over the fence but it wouldn't go in too far so they had to raise the fence because when the fence was too low you could throw it far and that would cause it to damage people they're talking about like Molotov cocktails and things that people would throw over the walls um and uh yeah so we so we it's just it again it's like a weird thing where you know about these things but you mm-hmm. don't really 
know about these things. Like there's still a curfew where the gates between those two parts of town close. No way. At like six o'clock every night. Yeah. And there's one of the, there's like six gates, I think in, in the fence that surrounds the Catholic area of Belfast. And they keep them open every day now, except one of them had never been opened until like four weeks ago or something. What? Like, That's yeah, crazy. I know. Um, and, and it was funny too, because the guys who were doing the tour, who were the cab drivers, they were kind of saying, well, there's all these politicians who think it's their benefit to keep people divided and keep them. So mm-hmm. it's never going to go away. You're They're like, gonna... I know nothing about that. In yeah, the yeah, exactly. States. Exactly. But they were kind of saying, like, it's all these old politicians who think it's Mm. important to sustain the old hatreds and it works for them politically and it's their political benefit and it's never going to change. And then part of me in my head was thinking, like, I feel like it's partially to your benefit, too, because you guys are the ones giving tours about this stuff. Mm. And it's way more interesting if there's stuff going on, whatever, which felt like a very cynical way to think about it. But then after the wedding, a couple of like one of my cousins and another of their roommates and I went to uh, got in a cab back to the hotel and the cab driver was a younger guy. And he was like, oh, yeah, nobody cares about it anymore. People my age don't give a shit. I'm married to a Protestant woman. I'm a Catholic. Her husband or her, uh. her brother's married to a Catholic woman. So and we're all fine about it. Nobody even thinks about it anymore under a certain age, you know. Um, so it was just interesting to get a couple of different perspectives. Yeah. On uh, and like you said, it did make me think about how it is to certain people's benefits to keep people stirred up and hating each other, you know. Um, and then, you know, we had the, the the wedding, which was which was beautiful in a in a castle in Belfast. Amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, it was really nice. They they had uh, they had a nice uh, ceremony. They had a nice reception. We had a nice. Uh, 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 you know, a dinner, and then uh, and I got to talk to some people I didn't know, which is not my uh, favorite nor my forte, but it was fine. I talked to two women who were in my cousin's book group. That's how they knew her was through their book group. So we talked a lot about what they read and you know stuff. And I I plugged my I plugged my favorite novel. They were from Minnesota, so. The, the novel I love, Staggerford, is is a novel that takes place in Minnesota. It was written by a guy from Minnesota. So one of them was very familiar with it. And she was like, uh-huh. I can't believe that's your favorite book. And I was like, <laughs> yes, it is. Um, were so most nice. people from the U.S.? Yes. Yeah. There were not. I don't even know if there were any Irish people. So it's, it was fully a destination wedding. It wasn't like... Right. His his grandmother, I think, had lived in Belfast or something like that. But it was also this was hilarious was uh, at one point somebody was like, yeah, they just were here traveling last summer and they found out how cheap it was to rent mm. the castle. So they decided to do it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, cheap for them to rent the castle. What about the rest of us coming over? There? <laughs> um and then, you know, I got back to the hotel and 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 it was time to head back to the next day. It was time to head back to Whirlwind. Dublin. I got on the bus to go. This time I did take Wait, the bus. How, how far away is Dublin from Belfast? It, it was like I've... two hours by bus. Okay. okay. So not terrible. Yeah. Um, except that there was a kid sitting across the aisle from me who was singing tunelessly 
in Arabic and clapping the entire time. I don't know like what was going on with him. He's about 16 or 17. Mm. And he, he was like, so he's across the aisle, but on the bus, that means you're right next to the person. Right. And he was just like, like out of rhythm and tunelessly singing and clapping the entire time. Interesting. So I was kind of losing my, losing my mind. Yeah. Um, and then went through security Flew to Heathrow, went through security again, went through security again. The third time I was like, they were like, can we see your your boarding pass? We need to check it for security. And I was like, of course, at this point I was kind Live of it. Yeah, yeah, these yeah. people. And uh and I was like, Oh, you mean like they checked it right back there? And the guy was like, uh, well, those people are checking it for this reason, and we're checking it for this reason. And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, whatever you say." Uh, and then I got on. I got on the flight from Heathrow to L.A. And unfortunately, there you have was to go a, to customs, which is a nightmare. Well, yeah, yeah, but but even before that, no, no, no. So this is an eleven-hour flight, and next to me on the flight, I have an aisle seat. But it's in the middle. In other words, there's oh, it's there's like window. A, it's like three. four across, you know. Uh-huh. And I'm on the end, and in the three other seats are a family of four. So I'm in a seat. The math doesn't add up. People, yeah. <laughs> and there's five of us, and it's this little Scottish family with a daughter who's about seven and a and a child. I don't know if it was a boy or a girl who was like two, maybe. And for about three hours, the two-year-old was not having fun. And so the oh. two-year-old was right next to me and was just screaming the entire time. And then uh, it got to be later. And I can't sleep on planes, but I'm the exception, not the rule. So these guys decided they were going to go to sleep. So they moved all around and they put the seven-year-old next to me. And she felt like she should be able to sleep uh, lengthwise on the seat. <laughs> So for the next four hours, she was just kicking me the entire time. Ugh. Like literally was right next to me, just kicking and kicking and kicking and kicking and trying to, I think she was trying to move me out of the way, which is uh. like the unstoppable force meets the immovable object. <laughs> right. Um, so I just kind of like pretended it wasn't happening. And, uh. and, you know, and then at a certain point, her solution was, that she lifted her legs and she basically like hooked her legs over my leg so that she could stretch out straight. And I was like, that's fine because it's me. <laughs> but what if it was like some weird person? You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I let her stay there and she slept for another like 45 minutes or whatever. And then her mother woke up and was like, Get over here. like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I was like, it's fine. Who cares? Um, but it was uh it was tough, you know, it was tough. Yeah. And then I got and then it keeps going. I get back to LAX. Wait, and I have, go ahead. Really quick, what do you do while you're on a flight? Are you reading? Are you listening to music? So ordinarily I would read because that is for two reasons. And we talked about this with the reading club at the wedding. Hmm. I love being on a plane because it sort of forces me to just focus on reading, which I used to do all the time, but which I am not good at anymore because of the fucking crazy social media world we live in where I'm like, I could either read a chapter of a book or I could read 9,000 tweets about everything going on in the world. And feel really bad. Yeah. And, and for whatever reason, that is the thing that 
I gravitate towards. Right. Um, but on these flights, it's hard because in order to read, you have to turn on your own light. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it shines on other people's seats. And I'm like, I don't like, I'm a selfish person, but I also don't want to like, be the guy who gets into a confrontation with somebody. Like who, as a little girl is kicking you, you're like, I don't want to be know, pl- put anyone out. <laughs> <laughs> right. But so I did on both flights, on the flight, uh, on the flight there and the flight back, I ended up watching a couple of movies. I watched The Fablemans. I don't know if you've seen The Fablemans. I haven't seen it. Was it good? I liked it. There was oh, things no. I didn't that like is, about that it. Is not, yeah. No, that is a no. Well, Spielberg is great, you know. Um, He's a talented guy. But it's interesting. I felt like, I mean, I, I guess I'm probably not supposed to say stuff like this, but a lot of the theme of the movie, you know, the movie is about movies, being an artist, but but yeah. like being an artist versus relationships and family and stuff. Like, mm. you know, there, there's a great, I, 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 I uh, you know, Judd Hirsch is in it at, at, very briefly. And he has a great scene where he just talks about how, you know, art, he's like, art and family, it'll tear you apart, you know. Um, But, and he's kind of saying to little Fableman, who is little Spielberg, saying, you got to do this. You got to do your art, you know. Uh, Because he was an artist. He was like, yes, I left to go be a clown. And then I became the lion tamer in the circus. And, you know, (laughs) Um, but... There's also a big part of it towards the end because, you know, they were they were Jewish and they moved to Arizona and then to California. And so you had to deal with a lot of anti-Semitism. And there's a part of it that's very much about that, about the way Mm -hmm. he dealt with anti-Semitism and stuff, which is great. But I but I feel like I feel like some of the actors in the movie were almost doing like what I was just doing, like a sketch jewish accent you know Uh of like well we're trying to live here in arizona and that you know and it's like that's great when you're doing stand-up but when you're doing like a serious movie Mm. that's about serious themes it kind of took me out of the movie that's all i'm saying you Mm. know of like michelle williams being this brassy jewish broad and it's Mm. like okay you know yeah 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 um so i watched that and then i watched a movie that i was like I'd heard of a million times and I'd never seen it. And it was astonishing to me, this movie, which was a movie called my best friend's wedding. Are you familiar with that movie? I'm very familiar. Tell me what you're familiar with. I mean, it was, what year did it come out? Like it had to be the early nineties or maybe late nineties. Yeah. Um, so I, I just feel like it was a big deal. I might have been in like high school and it was mm-hmm. a big deal. Like everyone. Um, but it's it's a it's a classic Julia Roberts joint about I think it's also hilarious now in hindsight, because I think the pack they made is if they're not married by the age of 28. 28, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is like, <laughs> like if we're like, old maids <laughs> at the age of right. 28, we're I just know. gonna get married. Yeah. Um that like they would get married. The the two best friends, the male and female best friend. And they're about to turn 28. And she's like, Oh, I'm going to have to tell him that I'm not ready to get married or something. Like she was freaking out about it, but he calls to say that he is in fact getting married Mm -hmm. to Cameron Diaz. Who's like the young. um, And so she, 
realizes that she's in love with him and spends the entire movie trying to break these two up through like ma- manipulative. She's a fucking terrible person. I know she's a terrible person. Throughout the movie, she's awful. She's like sending fake emails and scheming and like making him think things and, that aren't true and making her like sing publicly when she doesn't like singing. Yes. Publicly. But then she was so charming with that. It um, backfires completely. But that's another thing with that movie where it was like, you know, it was all these moments that didn't really connect. Like it wasn't like. Oh, she's actually very charming. Here's what's going to lead. That would, it was like, we're going to get married. I'm going to show how shitty she is at karaoke. She's kind of bad, but it's fun that she's like this. I'm still going to marry her. Like there was no, it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it never had any effect on the story, you know? Um, but, but she ultimately doesn't get with him, which. Felt Julia like Roberts. A, yes. It felt like yeah. a victory because a movie like that could have easily spent the whole time watching her scheme to get the guy and then she and, gets and that, the guy yeah, yeah but but then rupert everett is her oh the the gay is, best friend is her gay yeah. best friend yeah, 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 and yeah. he comes in and he's just kind of like it was insane. so bizarre <laughs> yeah. it was very bizarre so yes you're exactly right so dermot mulroney i mean uh, that's what's so funny about it to me too is like it's Julia Roberts and Cameron Diaz and Dermot Mulroney, like one of He the, was going to be like the big star at the time, though. Totally forgettable, you know, like <laughs> good actor and good for him. Handsome sorry, guy. Sorry, but, Dermot. If yeah, you're yeah. <laughs> but like so completely milquetoast, you know. And meanwhile, yes, Julia Roberts is a terrible person, but like there's a few moments where you just it's just a shot of her face and you are. It's like she's breathtakingly beautiful, I, you know? Yeah. And you get, you're like, oh, okay, I know why she's, like, this is not a part she should have been playing because it's awful, but, like, <laughs> right. I get why she's She's a movie star. star. Yeah, know? she is uh, a Well, and I feel And like she's just so young, too. Like, she just has that young, like, she just looks, she's incredible, you know? Like, she's a well, different species. And I feel like Cameron Diaz is, like, that is a great role for her. I don't mm-hmm. know if she's always the strongest actor. Right. Man, we're really meowing, like, going after people. <laughs> but um, She's not but, the strongest actor, but she's no Dermot Mulroney. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but um, I think she is just, like, I think because she gets to sort of play Cameron Diaz in that role. Uh-huh. Like, she's just. Well, she's like a sophomore in college in that I movie. Know. I was like, why are they getting married? She's <laughs> 19 years old. Like, what are you yeah. doing? And she's the daughter of a rich guy, so she's like oh. this rich girl who gets whatever she wants. And like, here's but, the but, thing. But but like, I guess in other hands, that role could have been like the most unlikable person ever. Tamara Diaz makes it a likable, charming character. Well, who would have played it 20 years later? Malin Ackerman. <laughs> right. And yes. she and 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 you would have been like, oh, I hope she doesn't end up. He doesn't end up with her, you know. Right. And no shade on Malin, she's great, but like that was what she played in all those movies. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The, the hot chick, the shitty one that we didn't yeah. want to end up with. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was just crazy to me because I had just heard about it so many times, and then uh-huh. I watched it and I was like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also at the very beginning, like the first time. Two more things, then we'll. But is that say a little prayer for you? Is that how it starts? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 opening credits are like yeah. a girl group singing "Say a Little Prayer," yes. and then they end up singing that I think in the diner later on or something. Mm-hmm. And like, 
M. Emmett Walsh <laughs> is there, like one of the all-time great character actors from like Blood Simple and stuff, and he's just a dude who's like, say a little prayer for me. Like, you never know really who he is or what he's doing there. Uh, it was so, just have to have fun. Yeah, and there's like, and the other thing is, there's like four different moments like that in the movie where they sing because there's that, there's the karaoke thing. Uh-huh. There's one where Julia Roberts and him are doing something together. And then there's a group of dudes at the end who are all sucking up helium and start singing together in a, in a falsetto harmony. But at the very beginning, when Julia Roberts gets off the plane to come and see him, and I'll go back to before that in a second, but she gets off the plane and Cameron Diaz, like she sees him and it's like, oh, Sparks, we're together, yeah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then Cameron Diaz is like, oh my God, you're his friend, you're his friend. We're, and she goes, we're going to be best friends. And at that moment, I was like, oh, he's going to end up marrying Cameron Diaz because my best friend's wedding, it's her who's the best friend. Uh, at the, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I, and so the whole movie, I was like, okay, when are they going to end up having to marry? Uh, Cameron Diaz but the other funny thing about it was like (laughs) nothing happened to make her fall in love with him it was like just the fact that she couldn't have him yeah it was so weird it was like Mm -hmm. I gotta call and tell him I'm not in love with him hey I'm getting married oh my god I have to be with this guy Mm -hmm. forever anyway uh so I watched that that's how women operate you know us totally Oh, I know you. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was written and directed by women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a lot of women in it. That's for sure. Um, and I started to watch that 65 or what, whatever that movie is, 65 or 65 million or 65 billion with Adam Driver, where it's like he's an alien who oh, ends up on Earth oh, while oh. the dinosaurs are there like or whatever. The year 66. It's like another attempt at like a mashup of sci-fi and uh-huh. Jurassic Park or whatever. Uh, but I could not, I couldn't keep going with that. I was like, I did, <laughs> I did like 20 minutes. It was like, I'm out. I can't stomach it. Uh, TKO. Yeah. Uh, I did. Oh, that's what I did. I watched a lot of boxing. There was a, there was a Showtime series about, uh, what was it called? The Kings. And it was about. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Tommy the Hitman Hearns and Roberto Duran and uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. And all four of them were middleweights fighting at the same time in the mid to late 80s. And they were all amazing fighters. And it kind of was like about their trade-offs and who was who was better than who and, you know who trained harder and it, it actually was really interesting because they were all kind of fucked up in their own way. Sure. And, uh, and that was a fun, that was a fun series. So I watched that while I was being brutally kicked to death. <laughs> and then I got back to the airport and I had to get from the airport to my car, which was at a, like a garage somewhere. And <laughs> The thing, whatever. First of all, (laughs) LAX used to have a public parking lot, Lot C, that had thousands and thousands of parking spaces. And you could park there. And then there was a bus that would take you. It was great. It was like way cheaper than anything else. Closed during the pandemic. Not there anymore. So thousands of spaces gone, which means any place you try to park is completely packed and sold Mm -hmm. out. 
but also they can pick and choose when they want to send shuttles and whatever. So I'm like stumbling through the airport. I've been on the road for 22 hours at this point from the time I left my hotel. And I have to get from where I am to departures in the Delta terminal. That's all I have to do. So I go from the Tom Bradley terminal over to the other terminal where the Delta is, and I'm going to go up to the thing. And this door opens, and I see that it leads into the terminal. And I go into the I go into where the door is, and it turns out I am in the Delta Lounge. I'm in the Delta Admirals Club. All I have to do is walk through the door right in front of me, and I'll be where I need to be. But I am not allowed in the Delta Lounge, as is told to me by like eleven people who <laughs> pop out of various. It was like laughing, like they all popped out of like a garbage pail and a closet and a whatever, you know, and they're all furious at me for being because immediately they go, are you a member, sir? And I'm like, I don't know what a member of what? Like, I'm not a member. You should have been like, "Uh uh-huh. And they were like, you know, you can't you can't be in here. You can't you have to go back out and go around and find your way and whatever. And I knew it meant like another literally like four minutes of walking, which Seems like nothing, but after 22 hours, all I have to do is get through that door right there Uh and I can go upstairs. No, 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 sir. You have to go back around and whatever. And like, I know I was well aware of what an asshole I was being. Uh And I just said, hold on, everybody. Hold on. I just want to get the fuck home. So (laughs) fuck all of you. Oh, no. <laughs> or did you make it into any of those TikToks of like guys going crazy at the airport? <laughs> it would have been a perfect one. It would have been perfect. So then I just turned around and walked out. So they won. But I was like, I can't. Like, I can't. Well, just... and it be, you're not like trying to like get. I'm not trying to snacks. take snacks I'm or take drinks. I just want to get out that way instead yeah. of that way, yeah. which takes me backwards instead of forwards, you know? But no, no, no. Sorry, sir. Not allowed. Uh, so anyway, I got back and I and I came home. And that was the end of my trip. But it was great. I really had a good time. I oh, loved I'm glad you went. seeing everybody. I loved meeting some of my cousin's friends. Uh, and, and some of the people that were there who, this is where it gets into a weird area. But like, for example, one cousin of mine who isn't exactly a cousin. She's just somebody that we all grew up together and we call each other and it's always like trying to explain that to people gets really people are like what are you talking about you keep saying it's my cousin but you're not related well it's like you have it aunts yeah i feel like i feel like that happens more with than with cousins where you're like oh that's aunt sheila she's not actually related to me she's just like my mom's friend right right um and it's for me it's like there's actually aunts that live in my in my kitchen and i'm like these are not (laughs) Related to me, but they are my aunts. Um, <laughs> anyway, it was it was a fun it was a fun trip, and I was really glad I went. And uh, and I think I think to a certain extent, for whatever it's worth, I think he was glad that I was there too. You know, because there was a lot of people. They said at one point during the wedding, uh, when they decided to have the wedding at Belfast Castle, one of them said to the other one, "Like, no one's going to come. Why would yeah. anybody come all the way here?" And the other one said, I bet we get 50 to 60 people to come. And they got, I think, 56 or something like that. Oh, perfect. So, so they were they were right. <laughs> yeah, but it was like nobody else from my family was there. And it's the families are all very close. So anyway, I, I, I enjoyed it. And I got to meet some nice people. And it was 
It was fun, and I highly recommend uh, staying off the Titanic the next time you watch it. <laughs> um, so that was that was my that was my that was my checking in. That's great. You killed it. Yeah. Uh, Amber, checking in. Yeah. Um, Beat I, that. Beat that. I I don't think that I can. I um this past week. The, the summer intern started. Um, currently, I'm managing two of them. They are freaking, freaking adorable. No, they're so oh. cute because I've managed interns a lot. Hey, it's Jeff. I, he just got a haircut. I haven't even really seen it. <laughs> um, uh, but it's been virtual for the past three years. Mm-hmm. So this is the these are the first interns that we've had in a very long time that are in person. And so it's like new to them, new to us. But they're just, they're so eager. They're so cute. Are they college kids? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them was like, hey, Amber, can I ask you a question? And I was like, sure, man, what's up? And he's like, can I? <laughs> I love how you hesitantly <laughs> said, ma'am, like you're trying to use the lingo. <laughs> Sure, man. What's up? My bro, bro. What's going on, my bro, bro? And he was like, can I take breaks and, like, go outside? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't, it's very. There's ducks. There's ducks down by the pond. You don't have to just go outside when I say you could go outside. Like, you could. But, um. There was like an all day intern immersion day with uh, DreamWorks interns and then some NBC Universal interns on our DreamWorks campus. So they spent the whole day doing different like seminars and God knows what. But as a part of it, there was going to be a panel um, on marketing. And they asked my boss to speak and he couldn't. So he volunteered me. And so I pointed, he just pointed at you because he couldn't speak. Um, so I would like, I spoke as the representative of DreamWorks marketing executives. (laughs) And and so I got really the Godfather theme is just playing in the background. (laughs) Well, there were people from focus features, there are people from international, and then there was like me, and I was like, what am I? doing yeah um it the it was really funny because the like imposter syndrome was <laughs> through the roof <laughs> like off the charts um especially because like the first questions were like so like what's your educational background and how did you get into this position and I was like I thought about, I was like I'm gonna be honest and I was like I do I- a podcast <laughs> for the last 13 years I was a theater major and then I worked at a bank for a long time and hated it. And then I accidentally got here and I have a friend who directed squeeze, (laughs) but um, I think it went well, but it was, um... Oh, that was the other thing. So I was like, I at least have like stage presence. I've done it before. Mm -hmm. And the, the woman from focus features, she's, spoke first and she was very like wacka wacka like like like, that is not a good impression of her but that was her energy like she was just like I got jokes and I got things to say and so I was like well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to compete so I was just like I'm 
you win. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can be the wacky one. Right. Um, but, yeah. And do you feel like that was authentic, or do you feel like she did, like, a Toastmasters class that was, like, use humor to your advantage? I don't know. I don't. Hey, I, look at this guy sitting over here. What's his deal? Anyway, I, let me tell you about focus features. I, I truly don't know, but I will say, like, she spoke, a, she talked a lot. Mm-hmm. But both of the interns afterwards were like, so what does she do? <laughs> I was like, that's not great. Like, you can talk a lot and not say much. And uh-huh. I feel like that's what she was doing. I was trying to have what I say, say be valuable. Who knows if it was or not. Um, but, yeah. It was really cute. The the two boys, that's what I call them. They are grown men. Um, the interns. Isn't thing. it wild how now you like... <laughs> Because I do this all the time now. I'm like, I was talking to this girl, and my friend will be like, she's 45. And I'm like, <laughs> she's a girl. <laughs> um, he, They got the crowd to cheer the loudest for me when I got on stage, which was really cute and sweet. Uh-huh. But, um, oh, but speaking of, like, reading a book about, like, use humor to your advantage, one of our interns, I think – has read a bunch of those books mm-hmm. because on the first day my boss was like, let's talk about dress code. And I was like, what? <laughs> You've been on campus. It's, it's very, very relaxed. Very I mean, casual. I have photos of us that we could pass for like <laughs> unhoused people. You know? <laughs> but um, he was like, there is no dress code. I was like, what a strange way to present that. But okay. He's like, just don't wear shorts, but it's very relaxed. It's very casual. People wear hoodies and jeans. Um, this kid, he comes every day wearing dress shoes, slacks, and a button-up shirt. Because I think he read in a book, like, dress for the job that you want. Yeah, yeah. And, and He wants other- to be a shirt model. <laughs> yes. And the other thing is... There's times that it's like they're hourly and I'm like, it's six o'clock, like get out of here. And he's like, not till the boss leaves. And I'm like, please please go. (laughs) So like he has these rules, like he won't leave the office if I'm still there or my boss is still there. And he dresses really nice. And guess what? He's probably going to be my boss in like five years. Well, what's funny though also is that you're going to explode at him at some point. You're going to be like. (laughs) Hey, it's six o'clock. You can take off. And he's going to be like, not till the boss leaves. And you're going to be like, Gary, get out. Enough. I can't pay you overtime. And I need to finish this. Like, please leave. Cut to him just lying in bed with the covers around his face, just shaking. Um, yeah. But yeah, because I've told you, I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast or not, but um, I left the social team. And I'm on the brand team, but the head of the social team, who was my former boss three months ago, just had a baby. So he's on paternity leave. So now I am running the brand team and the social team. Holy shit. <laughs> it's a lot. It's yeah, a lot. There's a reason they're two different teams. Turns out those are full-time jobs, both of them. Um, this is like when I played for the Knicks and the Lakers. But uh, um, I just finished week four of this and it's, I don't want to get cocky, but like, it feels like, okay, like I, I've hit a, a little bit of a groove in it. There week two and three, I feel like this is right, right. sustainable. I feel like, 
fully well, they're gonna they're gonna come to you and they're gonna say amber we've decided to make the teams a hybrid and you're gonna be in charge because that's gonna give more value to our shareholders sure and we can't give you a raise but no, wow what, no, no, no. what an opportunity you're doing a great job <laughs> yeah. but um we will give you a plaque when well, you retire in 40 years well that's don't, why don't retire <laughs> And and on some level, like it's great that we have interns now because there's more hands to do things. Mm-hmm. But you also have to show them how to do it. Right. And so, um, just I can't even put into words how insanely busy, like just like just like fire hose of work coming at me every direction. And I'm very aware of the people on the social team and making sure they don't feel like they're getting buried. So I'm like trying to protect them from feeling overwhelmed and um, making sure they're okay. And so it's just been, it's been so intense. And then, so when one of the interns comes up and is like, Hey, can I ask you a question? I'm like, I have to like stop everything. And I'm like, yeah, what do you want? He's like, can I take a break outside? I'm like, yeah, get out, like go. (laughs) Please don't ask that question. Can I ask you a question? (laughs) Would you kindly go fuck yourself right now? Like you turn into that kind of boss. Or I'll give them a project truly like it's such an interesting, it's, it is interesting to be on the other side of it and being like, oh, I have more empathy for past managers because mm-hmm. you realize what you give that, the project you give that person, that's everything they're working on. That's their whole universe. So they're like, I have this question about it and um, I have this concern and I want you to review this. And it's like, I gave you that because I'm doing 45 other things. Like stay yeah. busy with it and don't ask me questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, I give them projects. Still, but- still, management is a bunch of assholes. Let's be honest. I don't know. I mean, I think there's good managers and bad managers. Yeah. Um. So it's like this combo of giving them projects that will keep them busy, that will be helpful and add value, but mm-hmm. also aren't urgent. They're not going to come back to ask. <laughs> yeah, them and don't yeah. don't have follow up questions. And so, right. um, is it self explanatory at a certain? Yeah, point? it's. Or but, but because of it, it makes me feel like I'm, I don't know. I've had multiple people within the marketing department and, um, and some of them completely out of character, people that are normally not known for being sweet, being like, Hey, Amber, can I talk to you? You're doing a really good job. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> I'm like, am I dying? <laughs> I don't think you're going to make it, but I appreciate you trying. <laughs> And so cute that they keep giving. Yeah, yeah. Like they're just. I'm gonna have every job at the same time. It's wild. Uh, <laughs> you are the head of brand and marketing and social, and we're gonna make you the captain of the softball team and the cleaners. You're gonna help the cleaners. <laughs> My boss told me I had to speak at that panel on like the day that was the most intense, and I was like, uh-huh. "Of course I have to speak at a panel. Of course I do." Like, sure. Right. Right. Just losing your mind. Of course, I have to be at a panel. Of course, I do. Anyway, what were we talking about? Was it was it social or was it Brad? Someone remind me. Uh, well, and there's one new employee that's on the brand team, so I'm finally going to have an employee, which is great. But I can't even really train her because I was like, well, normally you would then send this to the social team, mm-hmm. but that is me. <laughs> 
so it's like this weird snake eating its tail. Ouroboros. <laughs> yes, yes. Ouroboros. But um, that is my checking in. I'm doing okay. I've got one more month of this. Uh, Alex comes back basically August 1st, and um, it's going to be great. Oh, in, in this time, we've launched a movie. <laughs> we've launched an international tour of Gabby's Dollhouse. Um, we had a new person start and two new interns. Like it's, it's just, it's just been crazy. It's been absolutely crazy. And I don't, it's my whole life. It's not, it's kind of embarrassing to be like, all I have to talk about is work, but that's all I have to talk about is yeah. work. <laughs> I get it. I get it. You're in the thick of it. That is me. Um, all right. Well, it feels like this is a good place to start a segment on the show that we call Parting Shots. So let's start today. Let's switch it up and start with Amber. Um, going back to recommending shows, I don't okay. know if I've ever talked about this before. This is our new thing. It's just, we just <laughs> our place that recommends, like, you guys should see this. My best friend's wedding is really weird. You should watch it. Dermot Mulroney's going to be a star. We talked about things. We had. I know, I know. We had uh, Titanic. You should see Titanic. Um, too soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> it's only been a hundred and twenty-two years or a hundred. Um, yeah. Anyway. But but Ocean Gate or whatever. Oh oh right the sub the mini sub. By the way, that was a big part of the, that was not a big part of, but that was a big part of the Titanic exhibit was mm -hmm. all the stuff that you remember from the movie, like the side character stuff, which mm -hmm. is all true stuff. Like the, mm -hmm. the couple who ends up going back to their bed and just drowning together or the musicians who keep playing. The musicians is the one that sticks out the most. And there's another one where this woman, maybe this is what the couple was based on. I can't remember, but there's like a passenger and and he's going to stay on the ship and his wife gets in a boat and then she goes no 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 i'm not leaving without him i'm going back so she goes back and she gives her maid her fur coat so her maid can get into the lifeboat where the first class passengers are getting and so the maid lives and that's the other thing about the titanic people is that all the people who survived lived for another 40 50 60 years so they were able to keep t telling yeah. those stories, you know. Um, anyway, sorry. So what else? What what else should people watch besides? <laughs> the um, the other two is that a show that you've ever watched? It's I have. On, I've watched a lot of it. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's done now. It is. And um, the third season I thought was great. It's now become like a comfort show. I feel like I'm going to start rewatching it. Mm -hmm. um, they made some real big swings with, I don't know, just like referencing movies and being more cinematic with their the way choices. Mm -hmm. And I think it's all really successful. And I thought that the last episode, without giving anything away, is beautiful and poignant and um i want you to watch it and we can talk about it the it's it's I, I like the other two um it's very well done it's very funny some great comedic actors um i was very excited because i've been teaching the spec script writing class oh. and i was like the other two is a great 
right. spec script. Because there's like such strong characters. And also yeah. it's not been on that long and it's still going. Mm-hmm. So when it was canceled, I was like. God damn it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> such a bummer that they canceled it. Well, um, it, I have been rewatching it and there is an episode, I think in season two, where Brooke is asked to speak at a panel of like strong business women and she spends the whole time being like like imposter syndrome and um the whole first hour every question she's asked she's like pass <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but it just made me laugh because i was like it's me <laughs> yeah yeah well there's people like drew tarber who's great on the show so is an good. Old, old improv student of mine um ken marino i've done like oh my ken god and I, ken so and i funny. played two, i played ken's twin in a in a it was burning love which was a parody of the bachelor and uh-huh. so we did a scene together one day where i was his twin brother amazing and, uh, he's just such a he's really so funny, funny and also just a nice guy you know? so funny he was he was the dermot mulroney of the sitcom world in the 1990s like he was <laughs> like ken was and he's great. Like that just shows you uh-huh. how fucked up Hollywood is. Is like everybody's yeah. like, "Oh, Ken's going to be the next big sitcom star," and he was great in everything he did. And it still was like, yeah. which doesn't mean he's not still doing amazing things. He is, but he never had that one sitcom that really worked out. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. Um, he's very, very good at this. The, so the guy who plays like Brooks boyfriend i think is so funny and charming yeah yeah. anyway check it out um so see the other two so here's my uh uh, parting shot and i had a couple of things i wanted to talk about but i will just talk about this because this is really just me bragging ultimately oh good gonna couch it in a way that it actually has a point um first of all i have been i did shows the last three nights in a row Amazing. Oh, yeah. First time I've done that. And so, I mean, that was my life for 30 years. And then all of a sudden it wasn't anymore. And now I'm starting to get back into it. I was, I just met with Liquid Feet yesterday. And I think it was Dave who was like, I keep seeing Sean around town. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's performing a lot. Well, but that's also, I told you that I ran into Dave on the street. (laughs) Right. Like at (laughs) the grocery store. No, I was, I was, I had this much food from a taco place. I was like (laughs) eating my feelings. Um, But, uh, but anyway, so I did a show on, on Friday night. I did a show Saturday night. I did a show Sunday night. They were all really fun. Um, the Friday night show, I did a character that I'm working on because I'm a character guy. The Saturday night show, I did my improv show at the Lyric Hyperion. And I have to say, I mean, I forget you came to the first one, right? I did. Yeah. I feel like every show we've done there has been so fun and so well executed with such a great, and like, of course I would say that no matter what. But I really am honestly saying, having done this for so long, I would tell you if I thought the shows sucked. And I feel like they (laughs) have been just so high quality and we still have not figured out how to get an audience in there. So like Saturday night, there were seven people in the audience and it was a transcendent show. And afterwards, I was like, I feel so good about this show, but it's so criminal Mm. that we have such a hard time getting an audience. And I, and I, I know that's always the, uh, the, the ultimate problem, but like, it's frustrating. Um, and then 
Last night I did Elefante, which is the successor to Ascat, which has been an interesting journey. I do that show about once every two months. And this is the brag that I was talking about. I came out of that show last night and I walked across to where I had parked my car in the supermarket parking lot uh, because I don't feel like parking far away up in the neighborhood. And as I was walking into the supermarket parking lot, a car full of people was coming in the other direction and they stopped the car and they were like, you're amazing. That was amazing. Uh, That's so funny. We love the show, but we especially, you are our favorite. We love you. Like, <laughs> on, on, on. like hanging where, out of like the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the point where I like wanted to take my phone out and film them so I could put it on my social media, you know? And then I went into the supermarket to buy, I, you know, you know how you go to the supermarket to buy things. things. I went in to buy yeah. a thing and these two guys were coming out and they're like, Hey man, great show, which is fine. Then I'm standing at a case, you know, like a, a food case looking at the stuff that's in there. And this little girl, and I say little girl, cause she was only like 50 walks <laughs> up to me from the side. I can see her like hesitantly. No, she really was a little girl. I would say she was probably 22 or something. I can see her sort of hesitantly creeping up next to me. And she goes, I am so sorry. This is really awkward, but I just wanted to tell you, I loved your show. I thought you were so funny. Aww. I really enjoyed it. Whatever, whatever. And the reason. You got to hand people flyers to your <laughs> show. Right. I do other things. Um, <laughs> but, but. I guess my point is not just that I'm incredible, which is true, but like it was not awkward at all. And it was so great to hear that from mm. this little girl who like, because one of my fears when I go into these shows and I'll just be straight up honest about it. And this kind of happened, I think a little on, on Friday is like, I am a gentleman of a certain distinguishment at this point. I've been like, doing this well, for a long time. Not and not even that, but like I walk on stage, I have a big gray beard or people like, look at this fucking old man. Who's this guy? You know, I still have cool sneakers, but like there's there's some miles on the tires, you know, and this was a child who was like, you were amazing. And that meant so much to me Aww. because of my own insecurities, not just because it's nice to hear people say that they like what you did, you know. Right. So. Point being, if you enjoy what somebody does, let them know, yeah. even if you think they might not want to hear it from you, you know, um, because I think it's, it's just, it's just nice to hear those things. Always. There's a reason people do stuff and it's not so no one will see it and no one will hear it and no one will recognize it. So uh, it was not awkward at all. Then uh, while she was talking to me, I farted. So that was really awkward because... <laughs> <laughs> uh all right well that is the long shot that is our show thank you guys so much for listening and um please like and subscribe hit the bell ring the button uh push the thing do all the things and uh we will see you next time on the long shot it's a podcast it's not about basketball it's a podcast Bye. Oh, I got to turn it on. <laughs> I'm always waiting for it. <laughs> waiting. Ah, oh, shit. Where's the thing?
certain perspective It's parent approved and it's animal tested And I didn't know, oh, but I could have guessed it You loved me forever ago Well, I should have known you'd have gone to bed early And I should have known you would wake and disturb me And I should have known, oh, but you should have heard me Thank you.